Hey, 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 it's your favorite career coach, Crystal Williams, and you are now tuned in to the Peculiar Career Chit Chat Podcast. I'm back in the Peculiar Palace on the mic again this week to not only empower and position you to be all you can be to thrive in your career, but to also give you peculiar strategies that infuse faith to accelerate in your nine to five career journey. Let's jump into the episode. Hey, 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 welcome to a special edition of the Peculiar Career Chit Chat Podcast. This week, we will be continuing with our Faith Over Facts Career Spotlight series, where I give visibility to professionals in their career journey who embody the five pillars of career acceleration. If you forgot what the five pillars are, let me remind you. First is strive to thrive and not just survive in their career journey. Next is focus more on their faith than the facts to overcome career challenges or obstacles. Number three is value being authentic within their career journey. Number four is cherish maintaining their sanity in their work life. And last but not least, number five is believe being peculiar is a strategy to level up in their career journey. So this week, the spotlight is on Dr. Sharla Walker. Say hey, Dr. Sharla. Hey, girl. Like, you about to have me shout with these five pillars. <laughs> you better yes. come on. <laughs> yes. So Sharla and I met almost two years ago at a podcast retreat hosted by Tatum who is the CEO of Anchor Media and host of the Blessed and Boss Up podcast. And, yes. And let's just say I've been following Sharla very closely since she's been, um, since we first met. Okay. And she's doing phenomenal things for the kingdom of God. Specifically, she is a doctorally prepared pediatric nurse practitioner, nonprofit founder, and strategist podcaster and author who is dedicated to helping women flourish in their faith gifts and god-given identity come on yes charlotte yeah. you are doing all the things through christ of course come on come on <laughs> that part <laughs> so without further ado i'll turn the mic over to charlotte so she can introduce herself to you Yes, Crystal, thank you so much for having me. Let me tell you something about Tatum. Tatum has built a family. Do you hear me? It's a network of people because we love Tatum here, okay? Like yeah. all, of, all of my friends, the retreats. Like, I absolutely love that. So I just am so excited to be here um, to share this journey. I am a doctorally prepared pediatric nurse practitioner. If you're over 21, miss me. Um, you're not for me. I love you. God bless you. I don't want to take care of you. Um, if you if we can't sing Gracie's Corner Child, you're out of my scope. <laughs> you are out of my scope. <laughs> Um, I have a nonprofit called Hearts Over Habits, which really was birthed out of my pediatric practice. Um, and I help other women of faith and other people who work full-time jobs build nonprofit organizations as well. So it's God got me out here giving what I'm supposed to have gave. That's that's my that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yes, awesome, 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 awesome. So Charlotte, let's get into it. Let's. Okay. So I remember a conversation we had maybe a few weeks ago and mm -hmm. you shared with me that you had, you know, departed from your nine to five career. Give me a minute. But listen, I want the people to know that she didn't depart because she just completely hated her nine to five. She departed in what we like to call you pivoted into purpose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love for you to like expand upon that and let the audience know what that season of transition was like. Oh, it was a lot. And it, and it was something that God had prepared for me. He started talking to me about it probably about a year or two before he sent me back to school before I left. So I was really like, what, what are we doing? Because you're sending me to get my doctorate, but also telling me that I'm going to be transitioning out of traditional, you know, um, practice. And I 
guys, the math ain't math. I need to figure this out here. Okay. And so what, um, what God showed me, he really was showing me a lot of things. I love healthcare. I've been a part of the healthcare system as an employee since I was 17. I got my um, CNA license when I was 17. So to transition from a certified nursing assistant to now have my doctorate in nursing is like a whole thing in and of itself. I love and I love nursing. Um, What I've learned though, is that there are a lot of things that we don't do well in the healthcare system. And being someone who is a follower of God, he ain't about to just let you see the thing and you not go try to fix the thing. Ooh, come on. Yes. <laughs> is revealed to you. It's because you are being given the solution. You are the solution. God talked to Moses about the people in Israel. He's like, you're going to go get them. Who? <laughs> you're going to go. <laughs> you're going to go get them and set them free. I know you know they're there. I, you know that because I am positioning you to be able to to assist or be by hands and feet in this area. And a lot of times, um, I know I've read the book Seven Mountain Prophecy before, and I was like, oh, y'all forgot a whole little mountain over here because healthcare, if you don't think that that is a mountain that needs to be conquered by people who love God, (laughs) there's a lot going on. And so I was able to transition. God had had me start my nonprofit organization, which was really birthed out of me building relationship with um, some of the young women that I take care of or was taken care of, they were coming from the foster home and they saw me, you know, I'm young ish. Okay. Uh, I told my trainer today that I'm 11,000, 11,000 days old. And so she needs to like lay up off me. I'm 11,000 days old. I did the math. 11,000 days. 11,315 days. I need you to lay up off my body it's old <laughs> i said you would never eat leftovers that old uh, <laughs> so you know i'm young ish but for them to see someone that looked like them who could talk the talk mm-hmm. but also was taking care of them it really made a major impact and i i noticed in talking to them that they were in the system but the system was not taking care of them they were in the system but i was the first person to walk into a clinic room and say hey girl what like how did you get you know into foster care tell me your story i want to know about you one girl literally started crying she was like nobody's ever asked me that they just walk in and like let me you know i'm here to do your assessment no i need to know your story like how can i connect with you build with you and educate you without knowing you a little bit and so through that girl god was like you gonna i would find myself spending more and more time with them in my in my visits then taking my like working through my lunch break so I could just sit and talk to them. One girl played sick so she could come talk to me because she had a question about like a life question. And I was like, girl, you can't, I don't even know what the chart. You can't pretend, you can't do that. (laughs) Um, But then God was showing me that these women were not being cared for, stewarded over in the way that they should. We are, we a lot of times want to penalize them or we give them a bad rap for, you know, being a little ratchet, but Clearly, they are in an environment that's not going to show them otherwise. That's how they end up in foster care. Then they get to foster care, and essentially, they're raising themselves. They have babysitters. Um, And how are we going to hold them accountable for lessons that nobody's teaching them? Nobody's giving them the education. And so that's where the nonprofit came from. Mm, I love that. I love that. Your story. So first of all, let's let's go all the way back. Thank God for the evolve. Okay. Thank God for the evolution and thank God for giving you the purpose that he has given you. And thank God for giving you the strength and courage to execute. Come Mm -hmm. on, like, because that is super important. So it sounds like to me that you stepped away because you saw a greater purpose for yourself or better yet, God revealed a greater purpose for you to do in that particular season. Mm -hmm. So what, so how how you it's the obedience for me honestly it's the obedience can you share how it was it hard to be obedient was it easy oh like, what was gosh. that like in the transition um i think i think i don't know it was it was the the psalmist terrence howard who said it's hard out here for a pimp let me tell y'all let me tell y'all 
Let me tell y'all. <laughs> okay, prophetess. Prophets. Prophets. Turn outward. Okay. Look. <laughs> Just hold on here for a bit. I ain't never knew what that meant until. No, so it was it was really it's a, a really complex journey because the clinic that I was working at, um, I always loved community health. And when I started working at this clinic, I was getting frustrated because they were floating me throughout the county. So I didn't have a home base. I was like the float, but I didn't get hired to float. They just were like, hey, your office is being built um, at this location. And so then the location opened. Oh, we're going to put the adult care there first. Then we'll get you there. Child, I finally got there. This I started the job in 2018 or 19. I can't remember, girl, but I was there for some years. And I'm floating and I'm like driving 45 minutes from home, an hour from home. Like oh. it was a lot. On top of anybody who works pediatrics, you know, we're supposed to, we see these kids at at frequent intervals. Um, And so it's hard to know background on a patient. It just made my job a lot harder than what it needed to be. And I was coming home from work one day. I was like, God, I'm so frustrated. I just can't plant roots anywhere. And I just want an office and my office is my office. And he was like, girl, you got a whole office at home. You are you are trying to plant roots somewhere that you're passing through. Ooh, that's not, good. Yeah, we're not gonna. We're, I'm not gonna let you get comfortable here. If I let you get comfortable here, you're not gonna leave mm. when I tell you to. Because I had my whole life planned out. Okay, I was gonna work here. The office only eight minutes down the street from my house. I was gonna be there until until the wheels fell off. Because um, why not? Let me let me insert a career coaching tip right here because what you just said about the roots, mm-hmm. so what that prompted me to tell you all is that if you are really trying to accelerate in your career journey, if you are really trying to ascend to the next level, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. Yep. That is where the true growth lies and when you are truly adopting a growth mindset in your life in general Mm -hmm. i don't care if it's career your business or just you know just life just regular life Mm -hmm. right just regular life all right that yeah that career coaching note carry on yeah no so i and even to piggyback off of that you have to marry the mission and not the method Mm, mm. I'm I'm more married to God's mission and who he said that I was going to be than the method by which it'll happen. When you look in the Bible, you see that there are different ways that God presents himself. God presented himself to Noah. He told Noah to build an ark. He showed up in the fire to Moses. He was a cloud at one point. Jesus pulled up on the scene. People got healing. He he, somebody touched to him in his garment. Sometimes he didn't even have to be close to them. Then one time he, he took some dirt and he spit in it and made mud. And all of these things <laughs> were for the mission of healing, right? Healing and restoration. But the method looked different every time. And so a lot of times what happens is we see how something worked out for another person. And we try to make God fit in that method, not knowing or not remembering or just failing to realize that we didn't got too familiar because he's all knowing, all powerful, and he will make things happen in new ways. That's how we get to experience him personally. So my story and your story aren't going to be the same. But what you'll find in us talking is there are a lot of the same undertones, obedience, submission, faith leaps of faith. And so we have to make sure that you marry the mission, but don't marry the method because God will pull up on you so many different ways, child. God will pull up on you quick dancing to her. God can pull up on you in the in the in my case, in my story. You all have heard my story before, but he'll pull up on you in pain. You mm-hmm. have a pain and you like where this pain come from. Yeah. And you go to the doctors, the doctors don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't, they not, they don't know. And they're not gonna know because the only person that, that knows is God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God is the only one that knows. And he like, either you gonna obey or you not, and you're gonna be in pain, <laughs> or you're gonna be in this situation until you get it all the way together. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that uh that IG reel where people are like, I'm pulling up on you. Put some respect on my name. That is literally how God <laughs> I'm pulling up on you. <laughs> 
Respect on my name, okay. That is so funny. You brought that up. I literally just talked about putting respect on God's name yes. on a previous podcast on the series called Seize the Season. I was like, When you seize the season, you're ultimately putting respect on God's name. Putting respect on him. You, you showing people that you know, I don't just move just because um, the world says this, to go this way. Mm-hmm. I move because God is what the CEO of my life yeah. and I'm just managing the process. Yes. That's it. It's above me. It's it's above my pay grade. Come on. There's some things that I don't need to worry about. It's above me now. But me getting that attitude happened through this whole transition of my job because mm-hmm. I, would, I was like, God, I just want an office. No, no, no. He's like, girl, you have a whole house that you pray for with an office in it. You're just not maximizing. You're not stewarding well over the portion that I'm giving you. You have an office. You got, you have an office. Stop saying you don't have an office. You have one. You want one of these clinic offices? No, ma'am. No, you're no, because you'll get comfortable. And when I tell you to move, you won't. And you have to remember that God is a father. He know his kids. You know, I'd be like, now God, I only live eight minutes down the street and I'm making this amount of money. You think I'm about to leave? Oh, sir. <laughs> so he, you know, and he used the, the time of me traveling, been able to build relationships through with all kinds of different providers and team. And he really used me as a light throughout each of these offices because I'm bringing Jesus with me wherever I go. And so it was a great way for me to really see evangelism in a different way. Um, but yeah, he was not, he was preparing me. So he had me, so I, but I was obedient. I said, okay, I'm gonna get this office together. So I redecorated my whole little office, really put some money into it. Yes, I, I love it. it. Took some pictures um, and I put the pictures online, but let me tell you what had happened. Oh goodness, what happened? My last day of work. I was doing telehealth because of course, you know, there's an entire panini that happens in between uh, that I'm working <laughs> on the front lines of this panorini and pandizi or whatever, the picnic, whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm on the front lines working sick clinic the whole time, which is a whole nother, you know, gave me a whole nother aspect. Um, and it was really a lot of when God showed me um, just the, what you think is important isn't. And when you think about like the great resignation and all of their jobs, what happened was God shook the earth. He showed, he showed us who he was and a lot of people are value shifted. So my time is more valuable to me than money because time is a non-renewable resource. I can get more money, but I can't get more time. And so I, what I believe is happening in the land is just people, their values have shifted. And you aren't, we're not going to be slaves for pennies on the dollar. Mm. I'm not. Well, true. Mm -hmm. I I, I have this conversation with clients and people in the professional career development field all the time. I said, you know, God did, this was no surprise to God. Mm -hmm. This is a process. And and I just love what you said about the values being shifted. The Mm -hmm. core values of people were put to the test. They were reevaluated and was like, well, Mm -hmm. wait, do I really want to spend this much time doing this, that, and the third? Or do I really, right. Or do I really want to do something meaningful? Do I really want to truly find purpose in this area, this, that, and the third? And I'm like, yeah, you do. But yeah. you just have to figure you have to discover it for yourself. You have to tap in, get in touch. Yes. Not, because a lot of people find themselves out of touch. Yeah. And what that means is they were out of touch with the word. They were out of touch with God, like building yeah. a relationship with God. They mm-hmm. were busy building relationships with everybody else. Who yeah. They thought we're going to promote them. Yeah. But not realizing that true promotion comes from God. Yes. So when you reevaluate your core values, you will truly start to understand that. Yeah. Yep. The pandemic taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. I used to always joke when I was working, I worked as a NICU nurse for uh, several years. That was, that's my heart. Oh, right there. oh girl. Uh, night shift is the right shift. Okay. <laughs> we, no, it was just the best time of my life. 
<laughs> like working in the NICU was the best time of my life right after nursing school. I was fortunate Ooh. enough to be able to um, work in, I got my dream job working with my best friends from school. It was a tragedy. Oh, hey girl, there's so many crazy, we have so many crazy stories. Like, why are we, me and my one friend Sharon, all the charge nurses were like, well, Charlotte and Sharon's down here in Summer Garden, so they're gonna be dancing all night. <laughs> it was such a good time. And so, you know, I really believe too, when especially when we talk about being ready to go, mm -hmm. um, that know that you're on assignment while you're there. I was on assignment while I was doing all of this transitioning in and out of the different clinics. I mean, one girl got saved, but she literally hit me up a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I, was like, I miss you so much. Like, you don't even understand. And she was no longer working there. She left before I did, but she now like built a relationship with God. I was, girl, I was evangelizing, bringing- That's amazing. So much that God showed me in hindsight, that he had me on assignment doing. Um, Ministry that, in the marketplace is yes. it's, it's a real thing, you guys. I was frustrated about me not having an office to even realize that I was doing work. I was being obedient, but mm -hmm. I didn't understand the magnitude of the assignment because I was too busy, frustrated, looking at, well, what about my office, though? Like, I cool, that's great. Uh, can we also... <laughs> <laughs> can we also talk about how frustrated I am? Can we talk about how I feel undervalued here? Can we talk about how I feel like no one's listening, um, that we're not focusing on the right things? Can we talk about that? Fix my office up. All right. And so what <laughs> ended up happening was my last day of work um, back in September of this year, literally to the day, Crystal. So, you know, Google, I'm sitting on the couch, minding my business, waiting to do these last little telehealth calls. I'm like, are we really about to do this? Like, you're about to close this computer. Okay. And, that's about to do this. and I was like, oh, Jesus. All right, God. You know, you kind of go through the emotions of, is this really the right thing? Like, it's all about being on me. <laughs> Not all on me, but essentially our flesh feels like that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there, you know how Google will be like, hey, one, you took this picture last year literally to the day was the picture of me setting up my office. I said, I'm running around this house <laughs> to the day. 12 months Ooh. to the day. I looked, I said, you, I said, don't play with me, God. Nobody mm -hmm. would be like that. To the day that I had set my office up was the, was my last day working. Like God was like, here we go. This is why. I just got chills. That's amazing. This is why I told you to get ready. And had I not been obedient 12 months before, I wouldn't have had off. Yeah. <laughs> was cool, but it was just like, I really invested in it. I made it a space that I wanted to be, wanted to be in. I took all of my plaques because, uh, you know, I had like a, a home desk that I was never at because they always were floating me. So I went and I got all of my little certificates. You can see the behind me on the wall. All my, all my little, all my little I have some place to put them. I have a home office at home. And then you know, even going back to the girls, God told me to start this organization. I'm like, but God, I'm so busy. Like you also told me to, to go back to school to get this doctorate. And he said, make it virtual, make it an online mentoring program. Not knowing that there was a pandemic coming three months later. Come on. Like God was literally giving you the plan on how to handle the pandemic. Girl. Right. And how to go and how to really still walk in purpose in the yeah. pandemic. Like, yeah. I remember when the pandemic hit and it was just so many people like, well, how am I continue doing this? Da, 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 da. I'm like, Ooh. aren't you glad you know Jesus? I had like, yes. I, I said, I, be still, be still and know that he is God and he will give it to you. He had me out here ministering to people like I was somebody's pastor because of course, you know, you have to understand people were panicked, but on top of that, we, healthcare, we did not know. Mm -hmm. And so here I am, I got assigned. So there were some people because their kids' school had closed, you know, they were trying to accommodate everybody as best they could. And this is no shade to the job, but it, they still didn't do, as we talk about this, the God started showing me things, but the first time I saw that my values were tested were I got assigned to sick clinic. And I was, I was upset about that because I didn't have kids. Mm -hmm. I don't have kids. So 
Um, okay, I was, so they assigned you because you didn't have kids. Yes, because everybody else, pretty much everybody who was working from home or doing telehealth or they gave mm. alternate assignments to was because they had children at home. Mm. I understand. Like well, A part of me, I understand that. But what makes you think that my husband or my family, my nieces, mm-hmm. my nephews want me to catch this disease that we know nothing about and it's killing exactly. people at a rapid rate. And so it really made me tap into God. And I said, okay, God, you have me in this position. I need you to cover me. And when I tell you week in and week out, nothing. Like I was fine. Amen. I, was, I was fine. I never got the whole time it was, and even the enemy even tried to test the girl. There's the enemy will try you. The enemy tried to test the girl. It was just a lot. But that was the first time I realized, like, yo, if I had a baby at home and y'all still decided to pick me, we would have a problem. A whole problem. And I, and I know that we're planning to have babies soon. And I said, mm-hmm. yo, God, that's when I started because I was like, oh, all I need was a nine to five, making a decent amount of money, and I felt like I would have been happy and fulfilled in that working in pediatrics i love what i do i love being a pediatric nurse practitioner i get to watch these babies grow up so mm. i was telling people, i haven't birthed any children but i have so many kids i have so right. many kids i have kids from the nicu who i literally they're starting first grade i'm like i am old oh, <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh that's um, a beautiful feeling oh it's it is amazing. And so it that there are compensation extends beyond monetary. Compensation is mm. fulfillment, it's lessons, it's experience. And so I had to really shift. Once I started the nonprofit, I tried, I started really doing research into um, the social determinants of health. So the work that I'm doing, working with these young women, it's it's still me using my nursing license. I need to be able to understand the impact of the social determinants of health. So then I had to go back and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember in community health nursing, the only Black nursing instructor I ever had. Shout out to Dr. Sheila Grigsby, okay? And I <laughs> it's been almost 10 years. She is the best. We did a program. Um, it's called the Barbershop Tour. So all of our other clinicals were in the hospital in traditional settings, but Dr. Grigsby developed a program where we were targeting African-American men Mm -hmm. and we wanted to help decrease their risk for heart attack and stroke. So we would go to barbershops on Saturdays because that's where you're going to find them because they're not coming to you. And we would do blood pressures and we would give out um, information on smoking cessation and heart healthy diet. We sent people to the emergency room because their blood pressures are 200s over 100. I mean, we're out here saving lives. In saving the- lives. And so that was the first time that I was, I ever was like, oh, nursing goes beyond my three 12-hour shifts. Or nursing goes beyond, I always say beyond the bedside. It goes mm-hmm. beyond the bedside. Even in clinic, it goes beyond. These young women need help before we get here, you want to talk about the teen pregnancy rates. You want to talk about um, the increased amount of STI, HIV um, rates and things like that among minority women. But we're not doing the preventative measures to make sure that they don't they don't encounter these things. We focus a lot on secondary care, meaning you already have the issue. Now I'm going to help you navigate it versus that primary care where we're giving you the education and we're doing the things to prevent. And so God had to show me because I was grappling a lot with like, God, I did all of this school and now I'm not a nurse. And he's like, who ever told you that you were no longer a nurse? Yes. You are taking these skills. You're taking this education and we're going to deal with teen pregnancy. We're going to deal with the increased mental health um, crises that's going on along, among our young women. We're going to deal with and be able to impact so much more by providing the education first. And so it was child, it was a lot. But when he showed me, told me to get my office together and I did, and then literally a year to the day, girl. Oh, I know you were, I know you fell out. A girl, I, I saw out. my dad just happened to be here visiting. I was like, Dad, let me tell you the whole story. <laughs> he said, girl, get out of here. Woo is all I got to say. Obedience, you you, you did that. You did that. And I love how your story plays into marrying the mission, not the method. Mm -hmm. Ooh, 
yes like the method you your method on how you were doing things it it definitely shifted like yes. they're yeah. they're in there look there's a method to the madness and yes. so it's like you were so gun hold on the mission you were doing it you were doing nursing you were out here beyond the bedside like mm-hmm. what and then that y'all that's her mission Yes, she was doing what she had already went to school for. Mm-hmm. But the methods were different. Yeah, in a different capacity. Yeah, in a different capacity. And so, a career coaching note here is that when you do want to transition careers, it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible. What you need to focus on are the transferable skills yep. that are skills that you take from one career to the next yes. career that yep. you plan to transition into. Mm-hmm. When you focus on that, those skill sets, you will then begin to see that, you know, you didn't go to school for nothing. Yes. You didn't have this job for nothing. You yep. were still, you were still in the mission. The yes. method is just different. Yes. That's why I love marry the mission, not the method. Yes. I think we're going to have to call this episode that. Yeah. And and with these episodes, I love to use thou in front of them because they play on the Ten Commandments. So thou shall marry the mission. And come on, like that's good. This is it. This is what we're gonna this is what we're gonna be talking about. Yes, because (laughs) it's so critical, especially when here's I am a nurse through and through. It's not just a career. It's who I am. So mm-hmm. like I said, I've been doing this since I was 17. And even before that, like I've always just cared for people. And it's it's a gift that God has given me, right? Some of us have the gift of teaching, preaching, but God allows some of us, and even in healthcare, to be his hands and feet, to be a part of this healing ministry. I have literally seen babies mm-hmm. come back, come back to life literally have seen it working in the ICU. So I am, this is who I am. I am a nurse. And when you go to nursing school, they always say, you're going to have to learn how to think like a nurse. It's so annoying when you're not in it. But now that I'm in it, I always, it's helped me be a strategist. Even in my faith walk, I can read the devil for filth because I see you. Because my brain is like, assess, diagnose plan, implement, evaluate. That's the nursing process. Assess, diagnose, plan, implement, evaluate. Mm. So that's how my brain is like, okay, I see the problem. What's, What's the underlying issue? Let's create a plan to address this. Let's try the plan. Is it working? If not, let's start again. And it's just ingrained in who I am but what I struggled with was like, God, but I am, an, I'm a nurse though. Like that's part of my identity is I am a nurse and feeling there's this thing in the nursing community where you may, you feel a level of shame because you're not at the bedside anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really had to grapple with that, but then realize like I can do way more work out here. And the pandemic really helped me see it. The pandemic showed me that the, you know, that that mountain of healthcare is being impacted by greed, the spirit of mammon, the mountain of healthcare. There's no compassion. A lot of these upper management people, because let me tell you what I know. Once I started learning about nonprofits and building my own, did you know that most healthcare systems are nonprofit organizations? Yes. I do know that. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so I went and I looked at the public records for the company that I was working for. Mm -hmm. I looked at their 990. Here's where, here's where I started getting mad. Now, once I get mad, I'm going to be like Jesus flipping tables. Okay. Let me tell you. (laughs) So in the pandemic, we started, our organization was one of the organizations that started doing um, COVID testing first. One of them in the whole, like, you know, tri-state area or tri- tri-county area where I stay at here in Florida. I'm talking me alone. I would see, like we we did tele, like telehealth girls, a whole thing. I would, I would talk to like 200 people a day doing these COVID calls. 
a day. I had dreams about doing COVID calls. It was so traumatic. Oh my. <laughs> I was to be working from home, but also, God, this is so <laughs> redundant. And so God slowly started revealing things to me. Like, look at the 990. Girl, we made $42 million during the pandemic. And what made me mad was that I had medical assistants who were on Medicaid, working a full-time job, but they still qualify for government assistance. Oh no. And we made $42 million. And with the with any nonprofit organization, you can see they have to show where they're spending their money. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me, Miss CEO lady, that you need this $567,000 a year salary, but my medical assistant is struggling working paycheck to paycheck. My medical assistant was leaving work and working at an urgent care and ended up getting COVID and then brought it back to the office because she's having to work two jobs in a pandemic, but you are making $567,000 a year. Let's be for real. Mm. And so now I'm getting angry because you're not doing right by these people. When we had no vaccine, wasn't no vacuum, we ain't know nothing. Mm-hmm. We had them out here in the Florida heat, swabbing people, and you gave them a dollar raise, two dollar raise. Again, the core values were being reevaluated. Oh, that that as my three year old niece said, you making my mad. Okay. <laughs> You making my mad? <laughs> I said, "Oh God, I I couldn't even look at her because you're sitting here talking about how much compassion and care that you have, but you're not even taking care of the people that work for you." Mm-mm-mm. And so again, God started opening my eyes, and then it got to a point where I was like, I was getting repulsed coming to work for this company. Now I was complaining about not having an office, and now I'm like, "Get me out of here." Mm. because there's everything was so disingenuous everything was back down to the dollar once the government stopped doing or providing heavy reimbursement for covid now you're shutting down the covid drive-through clinics and so i have a grandmother whose daughter is in the icu just found out she was positive for covid the grandma and her five kids you want them to drive from timbuktu down to east egypt for them to get a COVID test because now that's no longer the priority financially. You need to make it make sense to me. Do we care about people or not? Mm. And so the more I learned about nonprofits, the more I learned about, um, you know, priorities, and it was always tied to money. As a part of my doctorate program, I started a program in the clinic. And pre-pandemic, so it was end of 2019, they asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, I want to start a breastfeeding support program for African-American moms. Oh, that's this wonderful. is my whole research. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, it's the whole research thing. I still need to publish my research. You're going to be so prepared. It's, it's going to be so Because oh <laughs> oh, I'm like, it, leave it up to me to be like, I'm sitting here. I'm a certified um, breastfeeding specialist. And I wanted to really tackle this. We I work in a clinic where, you know, it's low, it's a low-income clinic. So mm-hmm. why should these moms not have these services? And when I originally pitched the program, I told them I wanted it to be virtual because a lot of these parents don't come in for their well visits and things like that because they're working in a single family home. The mom is working and her job don't care about her. She can't get fired from her job at Wendy's or wherever. And so she's not going to come in for this. So we need to be able to bring this to her. Well, insurance won't reimburse us for that. So we can't do that. Mm. <sighs> okay. The pandemic hits. Guess what I get to do now? Do it. Do it. Because now Medicaid is reimbursing for virtual visits. Mm. Yeah, you see how uh, God now, be working. Now was like you, yes, the pandemic was horrible. It yeah. is horrible. Yeah. But I see the good in it too. Yes. Oh, I there were oh, so many good things that came. Many out good of it. things that came. So out many. Of it. And 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 just with that, what you just talked about, yes. you know, once you you couldn't do it, but now you can. Yes. Like a lot of companies oh. were telling uh, uh employees that they couldn't even work from home. 
because of this, that, and the third. And I'm like, oh, but now you're working from home. So, yeah. so, so what was stopping me from having a hybrid schedule? The hmm. truth. <laughs> the truth. We, we magically found tent cities for found tents and housing and shelter for people who were homeless. Mm-hmm. It mysteriously appeared. Mysteriously. And that, to me, it it let me know, oh, y'all out here, y'all out here um, on some mess. That, that's what this is about. Yeah. And so it bothered me because now I couldn't unsee every time we had a new initiative, I'm like, oh, we getting paid from this somewhere. We don't do things. We don't have true compassion in this organization. Mm-hmm. It really is just... Where the coin at? Let's get it. And it's not that you can't get coin, right? I'm not mad that the CEO had that salary. I'm mad that you had that salary. And there are employees here who are living out of their cars. Mm. That's disgusting. Yes. That's disgusting to me. You can do good work and live well and make good money and treat your staff well. You can do all of it. And so it it really bothered me. And now my God, I can't unsee this now that I've been saw it. And I literally want to fight these people. No, come on, <laughs> get out of here, please. And it it was really about choosing joy, which is by definition, just our ability to, to see God's favor and his goodness in every situation. And so I found joy while I was there. Mm. And it's really been um even in in speaking to you I'm like God like you really was out here he was out here being God I I always say God be God and God be God oh my girl yes he do he be God let me tell you because it it was nothing but him that had me in this position to see this issue um to be able even in my nonprofit journey the program that I did for my clinic they we ended up getting a federal grant. The, mm-hmm. the knowledge that I gained helped me with my nonprofit. I was like, oh, this is what I'm missing, so that way we can land a federal grant, right? So he was just teaching me all over the place, and I was so excited and so just like on fire and ready to go. And then he was like, also, you about to teach Bible study. Oh, I'm about to put this plug in. So, Sharla, Dr. Sharla will be coming to the U Brand Academy sometime soon. Yes. And teaching Bible study because I just know it's going to be fire. But yes, carry on, Dr. Sharla. <laughs> Let's talk about this. What? Who? Me? I started the podcast. You had told me to start it. I did that. And it's just so it's it is a, a an elevation of again transferable skills. What I do for a living is I teach parents, oftentimes new parents, how to navigate stewarding well over this tiny human they've been made. So that's education, that's love, that's compassion, correction. And so again, this was a skill for me to start helping baby Christians navigate this new life that they've now decided. Um, to to embark on. And so now I'm just like, God, explain to me about how I'm the nurse that can do CPR and start an IV in five minutes flat, but also will read, <laughs> will give you a sermon as I'm doing. Come on. <laughs> it's the evolution. It's the evolution. That's it. You may think you just about to be a nurse. Yeah, but I got so much more for you. Yes, and it's so amazing. And I know if you're listening right now, you may have that inkling. Like I feel like God has more for me. God does. He does got more for you. He do. It. But are you going to tap into it? Yeah. Are you going to get in relationship with Him so He can reveal to you what it is that He really wants for you to do? What's your? What's your? Not just your purpose, but what's your divine purpose? Yes. What's the the assignment here in the earthly realm? Like, what is it? And the purpose. We all have the same purpose, right? And I, I say that all the time because I'm like, y'all better quit giving these people y'all money. Talking about you don't know what your purpose is, and you go to this conference, and it costs you all this money for you still to be just as confused as you were when you left. (laughs) When you got there, now come on, because a lot of times we we waste. We don't have time to waste. In this dispensation of time, it is not time for us to be playing. If we didn't learn nothing during the pepperoni, was that we are 
say the P word because I've, I've just heard it so many times. I'm going to call it everything but what it really is. Do you hear me? We learned so much in the pepperoni um, about life, the brevity of life, the fragility of life. We take it for granted. Now, for me, I have a different perspective because I worked in the ICU. So I know the fragility of life. I've seen babies born. And as soon as they take their first and last breath within the same hour, I've seen it. And so I have a different appreciation for life. But what happens is, and especially for people in healthcare, is that we will find ourselves taking more. We don't give ourselves that same value. And even as people of faith, right? We'll mm-hmm. pray the walls down for somebody else, but don't you won't do that for yourself. It feels selfish. It doesn't feel right. It feels, you know, but no, if I'm not good, none of nothing else, nothing else will flow. And so we have to make sure that we understand that our purpose is all the same. Matthew 28, okay, the Great Commission. We're supposed to go out and make disciples. That's the purpose. And people, I don't know why people, like, there's no way around it. That is the purpose. Everything we do is to make disciples and teach people how to live for Christ, like Christ. Mm -hmm. I should be on fire. Then you should catch fire. And we should have a blaze of people out here living for God. That is our purpose. The place where it where it differs is that we've all been given unique gifts, talents, and, and different assignments. And mm-hmm. so instead of asking God what, ask him how. Now yeah. that y'all know, y'all listening to me, okay? Your purpose is to make disciples of Christ. You can do that on your job. Mm-hmm. I had a donut ministry. I know that sounds so crazy. No, girl, that's that. Uh, it does not sound crazy. I however, had a whole you donut can, however, you can shine the light, shine the light. Yes, I had a whole donut ministry. Um, it. I was really infuriated about the whole like money situation and just. I knew if I was feeling undervalued, the people that were not because I'm at the top of the clinic. Like everybody come to me, Dr. Charlotte, Dr. Charlotte, Dr. Charlotte. Right. So if I'm feeling undervalued, how much more are the people who um, I'm leading, how much more do they, do they feel that way? And so I started doing, um, God's told me to start bringing donuts and I would bring donuts every payday Friday. And I called it fat girl Friday. Um, and it was just really my way, especially during the pandemic. See, I said the real word, just so y'all know I'm a real doctor. Um, so especially during the pandemic, um, for me, because girl, you know, I'm silly. So I'll say something and people be like, like, I call HIV, I call it the HIV. I'm like, no, y'all, I'm really a doctor. Like, I can say it's human human immunodeficiency virus if you'd like, but who talks like that in real life? Nobody. (laughs) (laughs) So I would bring um, donuts every Payday Friday and eventually end up becoming every Friday and I called it Fat Girl Friday. And it was just my way to let my team know that I appreciated all of their hard work. It gave us something to look forward to. Um, We could dress down on Fridays too. So, you know, we're in jeans, eating donuts and all of that. And People would literally, and I wouldn't just bring enough. I work pediatrics, but I would bring enough for the whole clinic. So I could grab a couple boxes and bring enough for the whole clinic, no matter what clinic I was traveling to. And so it was like, oh, Dr. Walker's here today. Oh, I bet you I'm getting donuts. It's Friday. (laughs) People knew that Fat Girl Friday was coming. Um, And then they would, you know, come and sit down in my office and we'd talk and I'd be able to speak life into them. And it didn't always get super, you know, super scripture, super heavy, but just knowing that that my that coming to talk to me was a place where they could find peace where they could get clarity where um you know i did have people i prayed for they would come in and ask for prayer that Mm, um to me was so like i'm like yo i check out a donut ministry what is this like and oh my goodness you need to write about that or i got man i have so many stories oh my god i I'm working on writing a book, but I'm just like, God, there's so it's managing the so much. Like, God, there's so much that I want to do and so much I want to say and really just speak his goodness. And I want everybody to know that there is nothing too small. Some Somehow Christian culture has been perverted to make us think that purpose equals a platform. Mm. Wasn't nobody there when I was, when I was at getting up earlier 
to go to Dunkin'. I was being intentional. Mm-hmm. And I was mad that it was Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like, you got me wasting my money on these nasty donuts. It could have been a Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Look. It could have <laughs> been a Krispy Kreme, at least God. But people literally look forward to it. One day, somebody came off, they were like, girl, I just want to come and tell you thank you. She wasn't even a peds person. I think she was the clinic manager. I woke up late and I really like, she's like, I had this breakfast. She was just having a bad day. Mm. And she was like, I came in and I saw them boxes of donuts. And she's like, I just knew I could count on you to have breakfast. And I'm like, what? In the moment, I was like, girl, you're so silly. But thinking about it now, like how many of us are being faithful over the little? We want much. There was times when the line was long. I was running late. It was in. It was not always convenient to stop for donuts, but this people are looking forward to this, mm-hmm. and so we oftentimes like that was the purpose that God had me serving in that moment. Bring donuts. Bring. That's it. That's it. And I know it's somebody who's listening right now that God gave you one thing, one assignment to you do. You got one job and you won't even do it because what what Charlotte was talking about, you looking for a platform. You're looking to serve a hundred thousand, whoever people, but you can't even do it for the one. Come on, because the one, he'll leave the 99 for the one. We like to sing it. But but we ain't going to do it. Come on. Listen, listen, listen. (laughs) Charlotte, I just want to rewind just a a bit because you've been laying some gems and and I just love your story and how it ties into your divine purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what it's really all about. I love how you were talking about, you know, everybody has purpose. Yes. Yeah. It it should be no question. You have purpose. And if you feel like you don't, then that's another... uh, Look, come talk to me too. Come tell you. Look, yeah, you have purpose. But what you were talking about is the everybody has purpose, but everybody has different assignments. So yeah. that's what I call your divine purpose. Yeah. Like what is the assignment yes. or the mission that God has given you yep. in the earthly realm? Yes. You know, what is that? And then that's what I love about my job as career coaching too, because I, I help people through that process. Like yeah. what, what are some things that you can really think through to figure out, you know, had God already, you know, revealed to me my divine purpose and I just wasn't paying attention. Like yeah. what was it? Yeah. And a lot of times people go through that. They like yeah. miss it. And God is just give all this confirmation yeah. and like, you need a co- another confirmation. No, you don't. You just need to that's sit down you Right. You just need to sit down, be quiet, be still, and really listen. Once I changed my my prayer from God, what is my purpose to God? Mm -hmm. I know my purpose is to bring people into the knowledge of you. How do I use the tools that you give me to do that? Child, it's a whole different ballgame. Just be ready to be obedient because he, as my dad, my earthly dad says, I ain't talking for my health. So God ain't talking for his health. So once you ask and you get the assignment, you need to be obedient. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have a really f- not funny. It's just a medical analogy because that's who I am about purpose. With the medical analogy, <laughs> about purpose. When you think about your body, right? The whole purpose of the body, the overall purpose is for us to to live in equal like equilibrium. We we are alive. That's the same thing. Like so, when I say we all have the same purpose. The purpose is for you to make disciples. That is it. Go teach somebody about Jesus. Show them how to live for him. That is it. The same way that your lungs are responsible for keeping this human alive, your brain is responsible. But a lot of times we want to be seen. Mm -hmm. So like, oh, girl, I'm a kidney. I don't want to be a kidney. Kidneys aren't cute. Who is walking around right now being like, oh, girl, my kidneys are diuresing so well. Okay. Doing all the things, my lungs are giving what they're supposed to have gave. The SA note in my heart beating rhythmically on time. We don't think about these things, <laughs> but let it stop. Then you go think about it. Let it stop. <laughs> in our body, most of our vital organs are protected, they are not seen. And so you're supposed to be a whole kidney out here filtering out the mess but you busy trying to be eyelashes because you think that's cute because you want to be seen so now we got 60 pairs of lashes 
Yes, I used to tell the girls in clinic, girl, if you come, if I can't put my stethoscope on you without your eyelashes touching my forehead, we have a problem. I used to tell them. I'm like, I, love, I love that measurement because sometimes the lashes be as big as your hand. And girl, I'll take it off. Baby, I love you. You look crazy. I And I will show them a picture of me. You see me? This is me at 17 with the same lashes. And my sister, I told her I was going to ride somewhere one day. And my big sister said, not with the lashes on you, not. <laughs> you want to ride? You are not getting in my car with them all. I said, dang. And I said, oh, because I didn't get to ride. <laughs> but I'm glad because it's not that you can't do it. But sometimes we want to be seen so bad that we do things in excess that we don't know we look like a cow. Girl, take mm. Wait. Okay, you heard it from Sharma. Take the lashes off. Take it, please. And just and just be obedient and do what God said for you to do. Don't get blephritis. You keep playing. <laughs> you <gonna> be, <laughs> you're gonna get blephritis. You're gonna need drops. It's gonna be a thing. <laughs> oh my goodness! You lashes, just not the ones that are gonna touch my face over here. <laughs> when the Bible say reach out and touch. It don't mean them. It means a life. Oh my goodness! Look, you're a little Christian comedian over here. <laughs> This is really I love it. I love it, y'all. Follow, follow Charlotte. She gonna give you all her uh, social media handles. And <laughs> but Charlotte, you touched on something really good about how you had joy in your career. Mm-hmm. How important is that to just really have the joy, the happiness in your career? It's like, everything, right? Because then, if not, how do you sustain? Who wants to? wake up every day and go somewhere where they hate it. And it doesn't mean that every day is perfect. Working in the ICU, a, a lot of my my personality of being funny and like making light is because when you work somewhere where it can be really, really heavy, you have to learn how to adapt. Otherwise, it'll take you out. If you look at the suicide rates, if you look at drug addiction rates, a lot of them are healthcare providers because we deal with a lot of stress. We deal with like... I cannot imagine, even over the last couple of months, um, you know, there was recently a story about a nurse who committed suicide in the ER on shift. It is, we do a hard work. Life is hard. And I feel like, you know, as Christians, sometimes Christian culture will be like, you know, you can't say life is hard. Like, oh, you don't have faith. No, I have faith, but it's still ghetto here. (laughs) is ghetto jesus please put your sandals on come pick me up okay i'm on the phone are you on the main line because i'm telling you what i want like come get me jesus take the wheel come on yes (laughs) so you have to be able to find joy and i I actually did a, a bible study on this recently and once you start learning what the true definitions of things are then you're able to really sit in it joy again is your ability to see God, his grace, and his favor in every situation. So I would get to clinic and my schedule would be mad packed. It would be mad crazy. And I'm like, God, thank you that I have a job. There are people who are homeless and on the streets and don't have one. And then, you know, a cute kid will say something super sweet to me. Like I had this little cute, the cutest little Caucasian baby, he said. I love your brown skin. Oh, I have brown skin. I said, now God, why are you about to have me cry here with this little white baby talking about he want brown skin? You know what? Your skin is beautiful. I said, your skin is beautiful. That is so. That is such an honest conversation. Yes, the honest con, but it's from a child's perspective, and that's how we got to see God. We yeah. gotta see God just like have God. those honest, vulnerable yeah. conversations, no matter what. Like he the, the little boy, he was just like, Yes, I love your brown skin, and not the even because his mom was you know, his mom she did a lot of times because I was floating. These people don't know me like that. So they may have seen me once or twice before, but I'm the float. So they, you know, <laughs> so she's just kind of like, oh God, hopefully she's not. And thank you so much your skin is also very beautiful then i got you know i could throw a little guy we were made this way mm-hmm. but you can love my difference and i can love your difference and i give him the biggest hug you just find joy in those moments 
you have to take it moment by moment, piece mm-hmm. by piece. And you have to be intentional. The same way people say you have to think like a nurse, you have to think like a child of God. You have to be looking for him in every situation, even when it's horrible, even when there's a pandemic. But then you can say, you know what? I've never spent this much time with my husband because we wouldn't go nowhere mm-hmm. on the weekends. Um, you know, people, things that you got to discover about yourself, new hobbies. And so every day, be intentional about looking for God in the situation. And then also be intentional about serving him every day. Because we like to go and complain. But I used to say, God, what's my special assignment today? Show me what, who am I supposed to bless today? Because then when we stop making it about us, we're able to see God more clearly. It's hard though sometimes when you're like, mm-hmm. it's ghetto here, my schedule is over packed. You want me to see 45 patients, how's this quality care, <laughs> right? right? I had a lot of legitimate gripes, but that's not what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Being focused on serving not just myself or the patients, but also my staff. Yeah. And Being so- that servant leader. Yes, yep. Mm-hmm. And so really joy is, again, the ability to see God his grace and his favor in every situation. And so you have to be intentional about that. You have to be intentional about not allowing the enemy to take your joy. Joy, when you look at the word in the in the Greek, the it's a place of like refuge. When the, the scripture, the Lord, um, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That strength, strength, that word, and I think it's Hebrew because I think it's Old Testament. It means a place of protection. So now I can say, okay, my ability to be able to see God in every situation is how I'm going to be protected from the schemes and the plots and the ploys of the enemy. I'm being intentional. We have to make sure that we're always, you can't get so frustrated and so emotionally overwhelmed that you start wilding out because you start reacting and not responding. Mm. You know, those reactions, child. Come listen, I know all of right now. <laughs> and now your lights is up. <laughs> right, right. So if that's you out there, please don't quit. Don't don't don't, don't leave. Go in with a new perspective. Yes. Things that I had to understand. Thank you for joining me in the Peculiar Palace for another episode of the Peculiar Career Chit Chat Podcast. I pray this episode empowered and inspired you to go forth and conquer your career journey. So I'll catch you here next time.